Welcome to another edition of Trials and Tribulations, and I have a special guest with me. They were going back, uh, a throwback to the old podcast that I did, and that is with Avi, who has also been on the um, How to Fix Horse Racing here in America. And Avi, I know you're looking forward to tomorrow's card at Launceston in Tasmania, and I know that their racing is good, right? Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Hi to you. Hi, everyone. Good to be back, and you're looking forward to previewing this quaddie. Yeah, so we got uh, four. It's a, I think it's a big, um, a big day of racing because we do have ten races, and the the quaddy starts in race number seven. So we're gonna get straight into it. It is the Vamo Stakes. It's a Group Three for fillies and mares. Wait for age. So we have five year olds, four year olds, six year olds, and even some three year old fillies. And Avi, um, this is the first leg. And it looks it looks to be a, a, a competitive, and when I say competitive, it looks a little bit tricky, but we do have some Victorian invaders. They always like to come to Tasmania and try to, to, to get the chocolates there. So who do we have in this race to start off the quaddy here? Well, I'm actually going with a local horse to begin with, and that's number four, Take the Sit. Bill Ryan trains, and he won this race last year with his good mare and still a star. She's been retired, but I think he's got another good one here. Second up today, a two-time winner second up. I'm sure it can become three. Goes great on the course, good over the distance. And its last two wins here, they were in benchmark 70 company, but it was winning, drawing away. So I think it's really one that you have to put into your quaddy. You're right with the Victorian Raiders. Yes, baby, yes. And the other one, uh, Estrel Park, I think, off the top of my mind. I think those two will be really worth putting in. And the other one, Ayayuska, it was flying home two starts back at Cranbourne, I think, going off memory. And that was a really good run. Deserves to be favourite. Patrick Maloney takes the trip across. And yeah, $3, it's the favourite. But I think it's one for the locals here with number four. No, with, with the Victorian invaders coming to Tasmania, what is the difference in quality of racing between the two tracks or between the two uh, uh, states, I should say? Well, generally speaking, you'd just say that Victorian racing is better um, in terms of the horse quality, the stakes, all of that stuff. So you really have to respect when they come over. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, a lot of the, the runners that we see here today have sort of just performed in that lower tier of Victorian, Victorian racing anyway. Um, so I think when you look at it like that, they're sort of on par. And uh, is there any respect to the three-year-old down the bottom, as you said here, uh, Miss Tup? two pence uh the three-year-old is going to carry the less weight and is drawn number one four dollars 85 cents is that one you should include in or did you mention that at all uh not for me but i think it is worth throwing in especially in the first league of, of the quaddy it's another locally trained horse um hard to keep winning especially for a three-year-old and we saw that in its last start but i think it's definitely one to throw in steps up to the 1200 though so a bit of a query but gate one a lightweight it could just run and just keep them running so let's take a quick look since i didn't get to do it in the beginning so this is race seven uh local time i believe is 9 35 p.m in california so that's when the race is going to start the weather is supposed to be 22.1 degrees celsius so there is a little bit of rain it is overcast so if you're looking for some wet track form um definitely take a look at the form of that this is the track layout so this race is over 1400 so they're going to start at a straight on the on the side of the course 
that they got to turn around and then go. And there's a really short run into the winning post at Launceston. So it's going to be, um, looks like to favor the inside horses. Uh, let's take a quick look at the speed map and see where everybody is. So we're looking at something that's going to be a little bit closer to the pace and maybe one that could swoop in. Is that what you would normally see in, in these kind of races? Like, Are you looking for something that could run all the way? Or do you look for the big, the big, uh, the big swoopers in the end? Yeah, it's tough because I sort of lead people down the wrong path in saying it was a twelve hundred meter race. Over the fourteen hundred, uh, anything's really possible. If you take a sit, you can definitely swoop over the outside. But like you say, that short run home makes it hard. If you're going to lead, you have to be a really good leader to sort of sustain that long run in. So yeah, it's very interesting, and it's actually a really tough field to begin the sequence. Yeah, and it looks like DeRoche, all the way from the wide barrier, barrier 13, is going to have to be committed from that. And it looks like, according to the speed map, is going to take the lead. And it looks like we're probably going to look in for some swoopers unless she could stay uh, stay on pace and, and, and run away with it. But yeah, tough sequence to start. And now we're going to go on to race number eight. So this is the feature race, the Launceston Cup. It's a group three handicap, and it is based off of rating. So if you're rated high, you're rated 61, like Ho Ho Khan, who just recently won in um, at Hobart, winning the Hobart Cup there, you're going to carry a lot of weight. Italia Hope has 61 kilos. We do have the winner of last year's race. Was it Glass Warrior, I believe, that won it last year? Yep, that's right. Yep, Glass Warrior. Actually, the all, all three that ran uh, in the Cup at big odds, they're all in the field. Um, so the other two were Whitehawk and Shoeborn Renegade. And yeah, so tough, but I mean, throw them in, but we wrote them off last year. So it's, it's very hard to tell. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky race. Ho Ho Khan's coming off of two wins already a group three winner. Uh, you think he'll go back to back? Tough. Um, Talia Hope gets no claim. Um, looking for three in a row. Yeah. But a well-traveled horse, it's been to Hong Kong, it's been racing in Melbourne, and uh, might have even raced in New Zealand. So, yeah, interesting runner, $3.30, happy to take cover around it just because of the weight. Um, and, yeah, we see a few of the the ones at the bottom of the book, Aurora's Symphony, a Victorian Raider. And I think Harry Covey's got a strong book of rides, but I think he's gone to, uh, to specifically ride this one. Uh, yeah, down in the weights, the last start winner, uh, that was at Colac, so similar sort of grade but i think just a little bit better and uh, up to these definitely now in this in this case we do have a lot of uh shorter prices so 335 4460 405 805 is there a big roughy that you think that could steal the race <laughs> well every time you say no something rough comes up and we saw that in in the result last year um for me probably captain cook i'm pretty sure this horse used to be with the waterhouse bot team and I remember it winning at Mooney Valley years ago. And so if it can find that form again, throw it in. Um, you get Anthony Darmanin, obviously a jockey of Mystic Journey back in the day. So that's a big tick. You get a lightweight and a nice enough draw. But I don't know if that's enough, but we're throwing into multiples, definitely. Now, who are some of the jockeys in, in Tasmania? And I know that you know a lot of the Victorian readers. Are there any of these that we should be following um, during the card? Yeah, so Anthony Darman is actually one of them, but even though he's on, he's on a roughie, um, 
A few others to take mention of are Troy Baker off the top of my head and Siggy Carr as well. She won this race last year and on the same horse again. Uh, could be could be a well, you know, a good spec. But yeah, in terms of the local jockeys, I'm not too familiar with them. I don't see Craig Newitt riding here today, though. So uh, that's quite interesting because he is a local boy. And yeah, I uh, don't know what's happened. Blake McDougall is also a Victorian jockey as well. So and he's on East Ender, $31. Hasn't had a win in like a long, long time. And sometimes, like as what Avi said, Sometimes you don't throw in a roughie and then the roughie wins. And then you look back and you're like, why is this, how this horse win? But Hohokan, the big earner, 1.6 million. Let's take a look at the speed map real quick. The risk factor is going to take the lead right from Garrier, Barrier 8. And I think this the, these long races, if they could stay, like as you picked uh, uh, Tiger Moth back in, uh, or I'm sorry, Twilight Payment and the Melbourne Cup, these big, big, long races, these horses have to have a lot of stamina. So a lot of these closers or, or, or swoopers could probably steal the race uh, just by that. And it looks like Koho Khan's going to be in the back. So if, if the risk factor doesn't hold on, then we still could see uh, a big swooper coming in. And now we go on to race number nine, and this is a listed stakes race, the Mulberry Stakes. It's a group. Uh, or it's a wait for age race over the 1600. So the 1600 is a little bit before the 1400 on this note right here. So with that being said, we do have some, uh, I like to call the, uh, the group three rejects because we had Mandela effect who was racing in, in this company before swoop dog. Um, any of these uh, that you like in this race? A uh, bit of a soft spot for just Cantor who, made the trip over from New Zealand and I think won a group three at Flemington pretty easily. So uh, yes, but again, oh, it's hard, especially for an eight year old back in uh, up to the mile rather. So yeah, it's tough. Cause I think it won over the 1200 uh, for me biometric. It's a horse that makes me just lose all of my hair. Every, honestly, this horse has been such a headache, but it's so fun to back third up today. Harry coffee again, nice draw. It's on oh. the mile before, but uh, what's really swayed me in the way of Biometric was its run at Flemington, uh, less than a length of Groundswell. Now, Groundswell is a horse that's run on Saturday at Flemington, and it's finished fourth, but it beat home the likes of King Magnus, Elephant, and Regalo Di Daitano, and those three horses are going to the All-Star Mile. So I think... If you look at it on, on paper, I think Biometric is a great bet. I think $10 is good value. And, yeah, it just has ticks a lot, lot of boxes and has form around some really good horses. Now, now, being a person that I look to to find roughies, you are good good at picking them. What is your, I guess, sort of secret on what you look for as far as trying to find something completely off the board that could try to win in Australia? Yeah, and it's sort of just going back to mentioning biometric, it's things like that. So, I mean, a favorite that's one by three lengths in in a high grade makes it deserve to be favorite, sure. But the quality of horses is different. So, for example, with biometric, he's run behind some really good horses that have proven Victorian form. Um, we're, you know, as, as we take a look at just a canter, just going off, off memory here, um, raced in a listed race at, at Hobart, I think it was. And those horses aren't at the grade of what 
biometric has been beating, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So yeah. yeah, for me, it's just looking at, at those finer details, seeing what what a horse is actually run against, uh, let alone its grade. Yeah, uh, beaten favorite last time round, uh, just the Kanta is what you said. What also was in Flemington, uh, fourteen hundred, and then we do have some of our favorites like Mandela Effect, who has tried or has been in in Tasmania and just hasn't seemed to to hit his best stride winning a race. He always likes to get seconds and thirds, but he's been fairly consistent. So I don't know if we want to throw that one out. Also, Swoop Dog, who was a big uh, one of the the I, th I believe he was a sprinter, and then started doing the staying races as well and um got second in the whole in the devonport cup and then also in launceston so he's been around i know he he might not win it i don't think but he could he is something to throw in as far as like if you're playing something underneath but um these first three races are tough so now we go on to the last race race number 10 it is a oh actually let's go back and take a quick look at the speed map for race number nine so Dark Wanderer is supposed to lead at Barrier 1, and then Shot of Irish uh, Barrier 6 should be around there too. So it looks like it's going to play towards either the swoopers again or a little bit off the pace. I don't know if Dark Wanderer could hold on. If he's won, let's take a look if he's won by whole. Well, yeah, let's see. Second, oh, just by a length. Caught him tardy. Okay, so... Yeah, another another tough one based off of form here. So now we'll go on to the last race. So this is going to be a tricky race too. Ricky or Ricky. <laughs> Benchmark 62 handicap. And this is at 1,200 meters. So we'll take a quick look. 1,200 meters is at the top of the back straight or back stretch. And there's that little short run in. There's a little, there's a little. There's a long run in and then it goes to a little bend and then the short run in into the to the home turn. And yeah, this one we mentioned off air that this one is probably a really bad race if you were going to try to pick something here. So, Avi, go ahead. Who do you have? Uh, just just take all of the ones that have uh, apprentices and claims. I think one of them will win. Um, something like Freak on a lead at $5 with 60 kilos. Yeah, you get a bit of jockey, but... Yeah, I think the weights will come into this quite a lot. Um, yeah, for me, I think the 11 at the bottom of the book looks good. Cody Jordan's writing well, and um, it's had enough chances to sort of find its way into the money. 12 bucks is good, good draw, and you're going down to 54 kilos against a pretty average field. Now, the ones I always look for are the GG horses, because for some reason, they, there's a lot of GG horses that run. It's the name, GG, so GG's Teardrop, GG Baywatch. For some reason they show up and a lot of those those gg ruffies always end up showing up so i would just include them just based off of that but uh five figure discount is the favorite forms really good one two two one hobart uh on a good track is placed on us on a heavy track is the favorite but we're gonna try to beat the favorite here let's take a quick look at the speed map so yeah he's gonna try to lead all the way from barrier one again so it looks like if you're draw number one you're going to be taking the lead no matter what as far as like all the other races aside from one race and i forget which one that is but yeah this is going to be a really really tough quaddy sequence and i don't know i mean i think that if he could hit some some big long shots it's going to pay really good especially over there in, in new zealand right yeah absolutely and it'll boost up any multiple bet you take so 
yeah, I mean, if you like a favorite, put it on top, get some cover in behind, and however you play it, just have fun and yeah, gamble responsibly, guys. <laughs> now, before we go, Avi, I was having a little sip of beer here, but we do have I have a McDonald's burger and a filet of fish. So they call this the surf and turf. So we're gonna put it together real quick. And I'm gonna let you know how good it is. <laughs> but I don't know. I know that you guys in, in New Zealand have different um, different menu items in their McDonald's, right? Yeah, and even just different pronunciations. I know I know it's a fillet of fish, but everyone here just calls it a fillet of fish. So this is a wee fun <laughs> fact for you guys out there. Um, I think we're just a bit lazy with our pronunciation. Um, menu wise, I think we sort of pretty much the same now. Like. We had some specialities, but they sort of got removed thanks to this this pandemic, which which was just randomly appeared. I don't know where that came from, but yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite item at McDonald's when you go? Uh, I'd usually just go for a good a quarter pounder. I reckon just yeah. All right, here we go. This is it right here. Look at that! Wow, that's that <laughs> Look at the state of that. All right, here we go. Let's see. Uh... No, it's kind of cold because I waited until <laughs> to do the show. So probably not going to get the same result as it would be, you know, fresh. It's pretty good. But you could <laughs> taste those little, like, those little, those little thingies of fish. You know how the fish is like, like, I don't know how to describe it. Let me see if I can get a piece of fish here and show you. Okay, well, you see, I don't know if you can see that. I don't know, you can't. Well, those are little, like, little chunks of fish like this. You could taste the little chunks of fish in between the meat. So it's actually really, very good. And I know that, Abby, if you win, you're going to buy, like, 50 of these when you hit the quaddy. So thanks again for joining me. I appreciate it. It's a, this is a really tough sequence, but we blasted right through it, and hopefully we win money tomorrow at Launceston on their big day. So thank you again, Avi. Appreciate your time and good luck, everybody.